G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. Believing moms and dads, listen to me. Your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of your family should be the kind of faith that never gives up, the kind of faith that never doubts God's promises, the kind of faith that would not be deterred by the circumstances. It should be the kind of faith that would insist on taking God at His Word. Hello and welcome to Leading the Way. When kids are young, it's relatively easy to get the family to church. But as the kids become young adults, it must become personal. And that's when parents' prayers become intense, crying out on behalf of the family. Today on Leading the Way, a look at the importance of prayer for your household. And if you'd like to reach out to Dr. Yusuf, make a note of this website, ltw.org. Or put this number in your phone, 1-300-133-589. More later, but right now, listen with me to Dr. Yusuf as he shares this life-changing message. If you listen carefully to the secular media and the education elite, you'll find a great deal of emphasis on children. And you say, well, Michael, it's not good? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That's why I said if you listen carefully, because their agenda is not the well-being of children, but the indoctrination of children with their propaganda. Their agenda is not the wholeness of children, uh, but the brainwashing of them with their own humanistic doctrine. Uh, Their aim is not the success of the child, uh, but rather what they call a child feeling good about himself or herself. Now, sadly, there are well-meaning churches uh, that have adopted this deadly approach. Listen to me, please. When the main emphasis is on significance and not the Savior, when the main emphasis is on pride and not salvation, when the main emphasis is on independence and not dependence on God, when the main emphasis is on believing in the children and not the children believing in God, when the main emphasis is on the children believing in themselves alone, then that could not be very good for the future of the children. Today, I want to give you a biblical example of a man, a father who believed God on behalf of his family. Turn with me to John chapter 4 beginning at verse 46. It tells us about a man of whom we know very little. And he himself, this man, 
might not have understood a great deal about the faith. He may not have known a great deal about the Bible. He uh, did not know much probably about anything, but he trusted Jesus. His faith in Jesus Christ on behalf of his son was unshakable. His faith in Jesus on behalf of his family, it was unwavering. His intercession on behalf of his family would not quit and would not give up. And beloved, listen to me. This is what I've been trying to tell you throughout this series of messages. Call upon me. That this is the kind of persistence in prayer that honors God and God honors. This is the kind of consistent, persistent at the feet of Jesus that will produce answers to prayer. This is the kind of worship and adoration in faith that brings heaven to earth. It is this kind of worship that God is looking for. Once the parents come to Christ, he or she must intercede on behalf of their family. I know that in some cases when the children are believers and the parents are not, there are struggle, there are attacks from the very people that you would hope to support you, from the parents. And I have seen it too many times. But nonetheless, I have also seen that when these young men and women persist and prove their faith in Jesus Christ, the parents give themselves to Him. In fact, I read the other day about a young teenager who gave his life to Christ, and he was on fire for Christ, but his skeptical father always made fun of him, always kind of gave a snide remark here or there. One time he came back from church, and he said, son, what did the preacher teach you today? He said, well, he taught us uh, about Moses. We learned how Moses went behind enemy lines and rescued the Israelites from Pharaoh. Uh, Then how Moses got some engineers to build a pontoon bridge. And then after they built it, they got the Israelites to cross on that pontoon bridge. He went back, sent bombers back to bomb that bridge. And then as the Egyptian tanks came in, and father stopped him. He said, son, son, did, did the preacher really say all that? He said, no, but if I tell you what he said, you'll not believe it. philosopher Kierkegaard, who said that it is very hard to believe because it is very hard to obey. Let me repeat this. It is hard to believe because it's hard to obey. And the reason so many people in our culture, in our society, and anywhere in the world They refuse to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and put their faith in Him as the Savior of their soul and the Lord of their life is because they don't want to surrender to Him. They don't want to obey Him. But for believing moms and dads, listen to me. Your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of your family should be the kind of faith that never gives up, the kind of faith that never doubts God's promises, the kind of faith that would not be deterred by the circumstances. It should be the kind of faith that would insist on taking God at His Word. John chapter 4, beginning at verse 46. This high-powered government official 
who is nameless, was a man of power, that to him a lot of people bowed and scraped. When he came to the gate of the palace, people bowed to him. And yet he comes to Jesus in humility, and he bows to Jesus. He came to him with faith that was born out of a crisis. But that faith did not stay there. It went from a crisis faith all the way to being a contagious faith. In fact, if you look closely at this story, look at it again. Today you're going to find a five-step ladder. Step after step after step one, you see a crisis faith. Step two, there is a continuing faith. Step three, there is a confident faith. Step four, there is a confirmed faith. And step five, there is a contagious faith. All of our faith must move from crisis faith to being a contagious faith. And the reason we do not have believers in this day who have contagious faith is because we have so many believers who live in a crisis faith. I want to explain that in a minute. Very often, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is born out of a crisis, and that's fine. You see, God uses crises in our lives to bring us to Himself. It is fine if He used a crisis in my life to bring me to Himself, and that's fine. I thank Him for that crisis. But that's the first step. That's a baby step. It must not stay on that level. It is like the crisis in a mother's labor that produces a beautiful child. It is often a crisis that brings us to rebirth and regeneration, just like a labor pain. And that is why Jesus calls it that you must be born again. And here in chapter 4, verse 46 and 47, this high-powered government official came to Jesus in desperation out of a crisis faith. Please listen to me. You must not stay in the crisis faith. You must move on because your own testimony, your reward in heaven is dependent on moving away from crisis faith all the way to contagious faith. Crisis faith is for children, and that's understandable, but not for somebody who's been walking with the Lord for a long time. This member of King Herod's cabinet who could have afforded afforded all of the medical facilities that money could buy. He could afford all the medicine that was available. And yet, this illness of his son was beyond human help. Yet, this crisis faith birthed a baby faith. But the wonderful thing about this man, his baby faith did not stay there. It did not remain a crisis faith, but it moved on to be a continuous faith. Look at verses 47, 48, and 49. The Bible said he implored Jesus to come and heal his son. Literally, because that is in the continuous tense. Here's what it means. It means he continuously besought Jesus. He continuously persisted in his request. He continuously implored Jesus. And on the surface, if you look at that verse, you think Jesus was rebuffing this powerful man. But Jesus was, of course, addressing the crowd as well as testing this man's crisis faith. Look at verse 48. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. 
Do you know some people who would say, I'm not going to believe unless I see a miracle. I want to tell you a secret about those people. If they see a hundred miracles, they're not going to believe. It's the truth. This man said, I believe. Therefore, he saw the miracle. Not the other way around. Someone said that if you want to increase your faith, you must consent to the testing of your faith. Did you get that? If you want to increase your faith, you must consent to the testing of your faith. Let me ask you this. Have you tested your faith lately? Have you actually taken steps to test your faith? Has the Lord tried to test your faith and found you wanting? Only you can answer that. Jesus was testing this man's crisis faith to see if it is a continuous faith. Now, question. Did Jesus not know that this man has a continuous faith? Absolutely not. He knew. He knows everything. He knew everything. But the man needed to know. The man needed to know that he had moved from crisis faith to continuous faith. He needed to know that his faith was not temporary but permanent. If his faith is fleeting or firm, he would need to show if his, see if his faith was a crisis faith or a continuous faith. Hear me right on this one. It's very important. <laughs> our intercession on behalf of our family must go from crisis to continuous. You say, why? Because continuous faith is not only exercised when you're in trouble and you need God, but on a daily basis. It is exercised not only when you need something from God, but day by day by day. And this nobleman's faith went from crisis faith to continuing faith to confident faith. Look at verse 50. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. And the Bible said, the man believed Jesus and went his way. Now listen to me. Confident faith takes God at his word. Did you get that? Confident faith trusts God even when you cannot see evidence with your own eyes. Confident faith does not doubt in the dark what God has revealed in the light. Confident faith kneels on the promises of God and would not let up and would not give up. Confident faith is constantly uprooting doubt like weeds and throwing them out. One of the tragedies from what I read is that it has become fashionable in some Christian circles to welcome doubt. Oh, doubt is only human. Doubt uh, should be embraced. Doubt should be accepted as part of the Christian life. <laughs> listen, listen to what James said in chapter 1, verse 6. A doubting person is unstable in all he does. How do you develop confident faith? Listen to me. By having a vision for life that is as big as God himself. Hear me right. Exercising your continuous faith means that you don't just live in the faith of yesterday. It does not mean that you live on somebody else's faith. You have to have yours, and you have to have it 
daily renewed. Someone said faith is like a toothbrush. Everyone should have their own. (laughs) And use it regularly. Should not use somebody else's. When the crisis faith gives way to continuous faith, it will produce confident faith, and only then will you be able to see confirmed faith. This powerful man, this powerful member of the cabinet of King Herod, he trusted God for his family. He took Jesus at his word on behalf of his son, so much so that he did not go home that night. Did you notice that? He didn't go home. I mean, a doubting person, I mean, he is going to get the fastest camel or donkey, whatever he can get, and he was going to go home as fast as he can and order to see if that really happened. A doubting man would have said, unless I see and until I see with my own eyes, I will not believe. But this man checked in a hotel room and spent a night. He didn't go home. Let me ask you, are you interceding on behalf of someone, on behalf of a family member? Are you been interceding on behalf of some of your family for salvation? Are you exasperated for not seeing answers to your prayer? Let's be honest now. <laughs> it can get exasperating when it takes so long. Go home and read the promise of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 14 to 16, and have confidence in God and in the promises of God. If God had heard the prayers of Abraham interceding on behalf of Lot and his family, will he not accept your confident faith in him on behalf of your family? If God blessed Solomon because of David, will he not answer your prayers of confident faith? Some of you are probably saying, well, Michael, how do you know that this guy spent the night in the town and did not go home? Well, it's in the book. <laughs> he did not run home to check on the healing of his son. Verse 51 of John 4. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. Look at verse 52. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, and here it is, you ready? Here it is. (laughs) The fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Yesterday. He didn't go home. He trusted Jesus. He slept like a baby. All the worries and anxieties, gone. Jesus spoke, and I believed him. But I can imagine these servants, these people who worked for him, and did this big honcho, you know, this big shot. I mean, these guys probably were staying at the gate of the city waiting for him. I mean, they can't wait to tell him the good news. They stayed up all night. I said, what's holding him back? Why is he not here? Man, we wish we have a Twitter or a, or a Facebook that, that we can just send him a text message and, and tell him the good news. And, and they didn't have any of that stuff, so <laughs> they were so excited. They waited at the gate. They couldn't wait until he came as they wait till the boss hears this. He's not going to believe it. It's incredible. The boy was almost dead. Now he's alive. And yet when he gets there, and they tell him, and with excitement, they tell him all the news, and he says, what time did that happen? 
hey, boss, who cares? <laughs> what does it matter what time it happened? Hey, ain't you getting excited? Oh, yeah, I got excited yesterday <laughs> when Jesus told me. What time did it happen? Does it make a great deal of difference? Yes. It makes a great deal of difference, he said, because that is the moment Jesus gave me his word. That is the moment Jesus gave me his promise. It makes a lot of difference because that is the moment my confident faith trusted in God. (laughs) Boss, does it really matter? Yes, it does. Because this is not a coincidence. This is not a happenstance. This is not an accident. This is not positive thinking. This is not possibility thinking. This is not wishful thinking. That was the moment he said. And I believed it. When a crisis faith becomes a continuous faith and develops into confident faith, it produces confirmed faith then it is naturally, you don't have to work at it, naturally, it becomes a contagious faith. Verse 53, when the nobleman confirmed the time of the healing of his son, the Bible said, so he and all his household believed. I know, I know that this is contrary to our rugged, individualistic Western culture, but please listen to me. God blesses families, that God deals with families, that God wants whole families to follow Him. And so in the book of Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, the very first Gentile, and he believed in Him, that his whole household got baptized. In Acts 16, when the Philippian jailer believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible said his okainos, that is his entire household, got baptized. When Lydia believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, she and all of her household were baptized. God wants us to trust Him, not just for ourselves, but for our family. He wants us to believe Him on behalf of of our families. You're listening to Leading the Way Audio with pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. If you'd like to know more about living a victorious Christian life in 2022, let me encourage you to dig deeper into the resources on the Leading the Way website. We have products, content for watching and listening, as well as links to valuable podcasts with intriguing content. The website is ltw.org. I know that many of you listen to Dr. Yusuf because you enjoy the sound biblical teaching. But did you know that people in 28 languages around the world also enjoy the teaching of leading the way through various technologies, including leading the way navigators, MP3 players loaded with powerful Bible teaching. Here's a sample of what people hear when they get a navigator with teaching and the Bible in their own language. You may not like the idea that someone dying on the cross 2,000 years ago can be your only salvation. A usted podría no gustarle la idea de que alguien que murió en una cruz hace 2,000 años atrás pueda ser su única salvación. You may refuse to see the logic of the cross. Usted podría rehusarse a ver la lógica de la cruz. You may say, it is not fair for a sinless man to die for my sin. Usted podría decir, 
No es justo para un hombre sin pecado morir por mis pecados. To learn more about the Leading the Way Navigators, do reach out to a ministry representative. Here's how. 1-300-133-589. That's 1-300-133-589. Or online at ltw.org. ltw.org. You can also write to Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales, 2751. Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales, 2751. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Connect through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all of the social media networks. Learn more at ltw.org. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.